you have a copy of scripture with you this morning, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're continuing in our series uh, called Belong, and we've been here for a few weeks now, and we're just getting into the meat of the good stuff, amen? And uh, the, the series Belong is really focused on the opportunity um, as the church, but also the obligation as God's people to find meaningful, life-giving, uh, destiny-fulfilling, kingdom-bringing connection within the body of Christ, because this is what we have been made for. And in this journey, we've been spending some time uh, surveying this uh, descriptive and creative metaphor that the Apostle Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to revisit that as our foundation together this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 12, we find these words, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And that foundation in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, gives us the bedrock for this series that we are progressing through to find those life-giving, destiny-fulfilling, kingdom-bringing connections in the body of Christ. And here's why we're doing this. Because in the world that we live in today, there is a, a deceptive uh, thought that is weaving its way in and around um, all people, but influencing the people of God without them even realizing it. And that myth, that, that deceptive thought is this, that in the world we live in today, we have never been more connected. And through technological means, that is truth. But through relational awareness and connection with brothers and sisters and communication and exchanges of life and, and, and burden, we are missing and finding ourselves moving away from the connection that was descriptive of God's plan for his people as they make up his church. And so as we press in, we need to acknowledge that there is a force around us that is drawing us away from what the Lord is drawing us to this morning. And so one more time for the sake of reiteration, we want to acknowledge what we believe to be a solid foundation of definition for the body of Christ. We could simply resolve it to say, well, it's the church. Well, yeah, that's true. What else is representative in God's definition of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is a diverse people. Paul said it, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, some of you are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slave, some are free. I look out across the room this morning and I see a diverse people. So good news, Shannon Oaks Church, we're hitting the mark on being a diverse people whose existence is driven by God's spirit. Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, drawn together and baptized by one spirit into one body and committed to his, his purpose by aligning with his agenda. Our belonging to the body of Christ has ramifications. By God's design, when we belong to the body of Christ, something must change perpetually. That's the way God created it. 
we acknowledge in the series of belonging that the body of Christ is the vehicle, the vehicle by which God has ordained moving us to maturity in him. By moving us toward maturity in him, we acknowledge and re-center on his reality this morning that there is no other method or means than that he has intended other than being a part of his body here on the earth. Now, we need to remember that we are the body of Christ. And so I, I want one more time for you to say it because I think we all need to be reminded of that from time to time, amen? So, so turn to the person uh, behind you this morning and just remind them that we are the body of Christ. Go for it. I think you guys enjoyed that. That tells me that those, can, those people that you come to church with are not near as fun as the people who come before you or after you. You guys really enjoyed that. That's amazing. This morning, as we remember that we are the body of Christ, we need to understand that we are not just a good organization. We are not just a volunteer army. We are the body of Christ here on the earth. Christ is the head, and we are his members, his body parts, and his expression here on the earth will either be uh, fulfilled or limited by our willingness to join him in what he is doing here on the earth. Your design is much greater, and your purpose is much higher than what you dreamed of when you came in the doors of Shannon Oaks Church this morning. And over the last few weeks, we've been considering these realities. Like I said just a minute ago, that belonging brings transformation. Belonging to the body of Christ doesn't give you a free pass to just ride the ride until it's over and, and exit the same way that you entered, right? It's not about stagnation. It's about transformation. It's not about complacency. It's about change. And, and this morning, we want to uh, continue to reiterate that belonging transforms our behavior. And as we said last week, we do not, in the body of Christ, under any circumstance or situation, hold to the lie that we behave in order to belong. Because we have to agree this morning and every morning in, his, in the reception of the mercies that are new every day, that our behavior would never land us to be qualified to belong to the body of Christ. Therefore, it's not about fear-based behavior modification. Well, I better keep things in line and upright, or I'm going to be kicked out or booted from the body of Christ. No, rather, it's instead uh, a, an identity-based behavior modification. Because you belong to the body, this is how the body of Christ exists here on the, on the earth. This is what our existence looks like together under the reign and the rule of Christ who is the head. Now, I want to tell you this morning, in wake of last week's message, uh, I have some great news. I did not hear one word of grumbling after last week's message on grumbling. <laughs> Good job, Shannon Oaks. 
Now, either you weren't here or you, know, you, you guys are just keeping that to yourselves. We're pressing in because we believe that God's plan for the body of Christ is greater than anything we can experience on our own. And so as we continue to press this morning, I wanna invite you to be willing to take the next step in that journey together. I'll never forget um, a few years ago, about three years ago, when my almost 10-year-old son, Evan, was hanging out in the living room, um, minding his own business, flipping through the, the, the channels on the TV, trying to find something to watch to just give his mind a place to settle uh, in, the, in, the, in the boring, mundane afternoon hours of a hot, another hot Texas summer. And me, while I'm in the room next door trying to, to fix my hair and get myself done up to go, <laughs> tough crowd. <laughs> As I was in the room next door, I heard Evan kind of flipping through the channels and I said, listen, there's, there's got to be a better way for this boy to, to pass some time. And so I said, Evan, hey, you know what? I know you probably have never tackled this responsibility on your own before. But would you mind taking the trash out for daddy? Well, he, mom and dad had been talking up, taking out the trash for quite some time about how this was a responsibility, an easy way for Evan to love and serve his family. And so you should have seen Evan as he popped up from that recliner chair. He puffed his chest out and said, Daddy, I am your man. You asked the right guy. And I said, Evan, that's great, buddy. Hey, if you'll just take it out, put it out there in the, in the big trash can, I'm gonna get back in here and finish getting ready for uh, the meeting that I have later this afternoon. He said, no problem, Dad. So I go back in there and I'm getting ready and you know doing what bald guys do. Um, and so as I'm in there uh, and, and time begins to pass, I, I begin to notice that I'm not hearing so much channel flipping any longer which Evan should have already returned to at this point, but I'm hearing the regular pulse of a door open and close. And it sounds a whole lot like the front door. And so as I'm listening and I register that something is not exactly as I intended it to be, I step into the room where Evan is and I, and I, and I witness that Evan has exited the living room, but upon his re-entrance, um, he makes his way joyfully over to the trash can and he, he bends down in the trash and, and he, he reaches down and he grabs a, an armful of trash and he just turns around and starts walking himself. And I said, Evan, what are you doing? And he looks at me and he says, Daddy, I'm doing exactly what you asked me to do. I am taking out the trash. I don't know if I'm in good company this morning, but parenting has left me shaking my head. <laughs> my wife gets in trouble because instead of her head shaking, she just laughs out loud. And, and then one of the kids gets mad because they think that she's making fun of them, and, and it's it just a downward spiral from there. But, but as I told Evan, I said, Evan, man, I am so proud of your heart. I reached over, wrapped my arm around him, careful not to touch his hands because they were filthy at this point. And I said, hey, buddy, I just want to tell you something. I want to tell you something now so that the next time you take out the trash, um, you get to experience the fruit of this. But, buddy, there is a better way to take out the trash. 
and you would have been blown away to see the, the overwhelming surprise that just overflowed from him as I took him back and I said, uh, first of all, go wash your hands, but, but come, look at this trash bag. You see how it's, and he's like, whoa, who put that there? And then I pulled it out and he was like, dad, I can do this. Hey, and then from that point forward, every 30 minutes, he was, he was coming by checking the trash can. Doesn't he be taken out yet? <laughs> he loved the opportunity to learn that there was a better way to do what was before him. I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a life hack crazed world, don't we? Life hacks are amazing, are they not? How many of you have, have, have experienced or encountered a life hack in the last couple of months where it has just literally blown your mind that you've been doing something in one way or one fashion only to discover that there is a better way to do it. There's a better way to garden. There's a better way to save. There's a better way to prep. There's a better way to, to share. There's a better way to get the, the most out of you fill in the blank here. I mean, there are, you don't believe me. Go home today. This is your homework. And, and YouTube, right? Not, not Google, but YouTube life hacks. And just see how many hours you spend experiencing the revelation of new ways to do things. How hacks are not necessarily new ways to do something for everyone, but they are just aimed at better ways of doing things along the way. Now, here's what I've learned about people as we've talked about life hacks and, and how hacks apply to our lives is some people are in it just to save some time, to save some money. But there are some genuine people out there who are invested in, in learning and gleaning from life hacks because they are interested in improving their life experience day in and day out. I know it seems silly, but I'm telling you, when you learn all the ways that a paper towel tube can be used, you guys will never be the same. There's a hack that I want to share with you this morning, and it has nothing to do with how to cut a watermelon, right? How to prank your friends without them knowing it, not how to save a few extra cents by recycling or upcycling something in your world or become a better DIYer. There's a better way this morning. And we're gonna take a look at a passage of scripture that you, upon first glance, you may think it's out of place because you have become so familiar with this passage in an alternative context. And as we revisit this passage of scripture this morning that has been used in countless wedding ceremonies to celebrate and commemorate the love that comes from God that is designed for relationship between two people. We're going to discover or rediscover, maybe for some of us remember, that this passage actually originally had a different mentality, trajectory, all along. You see, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that we just read the foundation of, of, of Paul's descriptive and creative metaphor of, of us being the body of Christ and working together in that symbiotic relationship. On the tail end of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it will not surprise you that we find 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm not joking. Don't believe me? 
Check it for yourself. And on the tail end of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we find 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I am shooting you as straight as a bullet this morning. This is something that we as the church need to refocus and recenter on as the body of Christ because Paul is very much establishing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this uh, model for relationship among the body of Christ in between people uh, of one kind or another. And he flows directly into a passage about love. And then he flows right from that passage back into the thought or mentality of connecting with and relating to one another. Now, this morning, I'm going to read the continuation of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 all the way through chapter 13 and into chapter 14 because I want you to see and, and remember the, the, the original thought and context of what the Apostle Paul is communicating to the church in Corinth this morning. So I want to pick up this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 29, and I'm going to read. And I'm going to ask that you would read along with me, that you would stay focused. If you didn't bring a copy of Scripture, the words will be on the screen here this morning. Here we go. Paul says, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Or do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Push the pause button real quick. Paul is saying at this point, he's saying, guys, church, let me show you a life hack. Let me reveal to you a better way to exist in community. We've been talking about what it means to be the body of Christ. Let me show you a better way. And he continues with his thought in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And he says this, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I, would, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now, here we go. Familiar passage right here. Love is patient. And kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And then he picks back up, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things, and now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. 
but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Don't stop there, let's keep going. 1 Corinthians 14, verse one, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, I wanna read all of that to you this morning so that you can see the original context of those very familiar words of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that many of us have just assumed that Paul was talking about marriage. And I wanna, I wanna assure you, and as you see the thread of conversation flow there, that Paul had nowhere in his scope of vision a marriage relationship other than the marriage of Christ and his church. Paul was talking specifically and directly about the relationships of brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Now, I'm asking those of you who have recently experienced pain, frustration, confusion, um, tension, negativity, and, and then some among the body of Christ, those who have experienced those things among and in the midst of the body of Christ, I'm asking you to lean in to this conversation at this point this morning because we need to be reminded that there's a better way to belong to the body of Christ. Paul overflows to us in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, that there is a better way. There is a life hack that will give you the results that you're looking to achieve and, and, and minimize or, 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 or defrustrate your efforts along the way to receive those results. There's a better way to belong to the body of Christ. Now, here's what I believe about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He talks about love. I believe Paul's better way, your translation may say a more excellent way, is better than rules, it's better than religion, it's better than manipulation, fear, insecurity, and pride. It's better because it actually brings forth in us the desired results that God has created for us as his body. Can you imagine what the reality of our existence would be, not just as a society, but specifically as Shannon Oaks Church, if we spoke Paul's blessing of love over the body and not just marriages? Can you imagine if we put God's truth in its appropriate context where this is concerned in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where the body of Christ, the very being uh, that he expresses here on the earth was, was spoken over in a way that it called forth and created the love that is patient, the love that is kind, the one that is not easily angered, that, that endures all things. Can you imagine what that reality would look like? As we press into this opportunity of loving 
the body of Christ. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see that when we love like God loves, we actually have the opportunity to live like God lives. When you love like God loves, then and only then do you have the opportunity to live like God lives. And it's what we were made for. And it's what we were made for, Shannon Oaks. There is no greater destination. The love of God, as, um, as 1 John chapter 3, verse 10 puts it, says anyone who does not live righteously and does not love other believers does not belong to God, is not of God. Let me tell you something, Shannon Oaks Church. There is nothing greater that we need to press into as a body than the love that called us to be a part of this body in the first place. When Paul is talking about the love of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the dynamic of relationship between the, the body and its different parts, we, we agree that it's his body and the only aura or emotion or feeling that is appropriately dominant in the body of Christ are those feelings, those emotions, that aura that flows from him. And if you know your word, you know that it says that God is love. There is nothing that you could more purely express God's essence as than God is love. Love. And so if God is love, then doesn't it make sense that the, the being and the expression of his body would be love as well? You cannot express the love of God in your life without relationship. Let me say that in a different way. On your own, you cannot know fully or experience fully, or express fully the love of God without relationship. It is the, it's necessary for the type of love that he embodies and represents himself. God himself is not alone. He is three in one. He himself exists in community and relationship and the love that holds all three of those beings together as one is the love that overflows from God. Love is the atmosphere of belonging. You don't belong without love. It gives birth to everything else that is good. Look at this, Shannon Oaks Church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when Paul is talking about love, he says, love is patient. You need patience? You need kindness? Paul says, don't seek those things. Seek love, and you'll find those things. He didn't say seek patience and kindness. Sometimes, if we can just be honest, we get distracted in the journey by pursuing the things that we were never meant to pursue but we were meant to receive as a result of the pursuit that we are to engage, amen? You need humility and selflessness. Paul doesn't say, seek to, to, to die to yourself. He says, seek love. 
the love that is God. Do you need joy? You need compassion? You need celebration in your life? Listen, you don't need to, to, to divert your eyes from your circumstances to, to point toward joy and celebration and compassion. You need to divert your eyes from where you are and you need to find the focus of love. Because only there are you going to find a sustaining source of joy, compassion, celebration. He says you need endurance, you need hope, you need faith. Seek love. There is no greater essence, there is no greater obligation, there is no greater opportunity that the body of Christ has to receive, to embody, and to exhibit before the whole world around us than the very love of God. Let us not be deceived. It's not about doctrine. It's not about style. It's not about time or convenience because guess what? Those are focused on us. It's about love. And when you know love, everything else falls into place. Your presence in the body of Christ was designed to perpetuate change in your life. Designed to perpetually move you from where you are to where God has created you to be. To find the fullness of maturity in him. This morning, in this conversation, where is God asking you to move beyond where you've been? In your opportunity to belong to the body of Christ, how are you moving, progressing in your belonging? How is maturity unfolding in your life because you belong to the body of Christ? How, where is the change that God wants to unleash in your life today? In this atmosphere and this aura of love. Maybe for you, you come back to those things that Paul talked on in 1 Corinthians 13. You need patience. Where is patience lacking in your life? Parents, I feel you. Grandparents, I feel you. Husbands, wives, I feel you. Coworkers, I got you. Where is patience lacking in your life? There's somebody here today who is at the end of their rope and they don't know where else to turn. They feel like they have nothing else to hold on to. And God has brought you here to hear the word that comes from him that says all you need is love. All you need is love. Where does your pride need to be squashed? Where does self-righteousness need to be cut away in your life? Where does compassion need to abound? Where is that endurance lacking? Some of you are tired and you are weary and you feel like that you've given all you've got to give. Don't lose 
heart. Focus on love. Receive his love. Embody his love. Let the spirit of love wash away the fear that is causing you to, to retreat back and to, and to reserve your steps forward instead of marching and following where he's called you to go. Receive and embody his love and let everything else, everything else fade away. What is it for you this morning? Where does he want you to lean in? Press through to receive and embody a fuller expression of his love in your life. Everything else will fade away. That will remain. I'm gonna ask that you would stand to your feet and as you do, our ministry team is gonna come to the front and the back of the room this morning and if you need prayer for any reason, you need to come to the altar and, and spend some time just pouring your heart out before the Lord in repentance and confession. Maybe you have a burden in your life that is weighing you down that you want someone to, to minister to you and pray for you in that journey. This is the time to respond to a people and in a presence of love because that's who we've been created to be. There is no fear, there's no condemnation, there's no judgment or suspicion or skepticism. There is acceptance and approval beyond measure because God loves us and has created us to love you. So as we respond this morning, I just pray that you would be obedient to what he's stirring in your heart today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your immeasurable, indescribable love. Father, that that we want to and we were reminded in our relationship with other peoples, we feel like there ought to be limits and there ought to be uh, thresholds that, that once you cross that, that there is a disqualifying factor of love there. But Father, you have shown us time and time and time again how great and boundless is your love. May we be a people not just for the world around us at our fingertips, but for each of us in this body. May we be a people who overflow because of your love that is our source, our supply. And as we do, Father, would you give us the freedom to align with your plan for this body? Would you give us the, the freedom to overcome fear the freedom to serve and to, and to selflessly pour ourselves out for our brothers and sisters here and now. As you do what only you can do, as you lead us and guide us to be the expression of Christ here in this community, in this part of our world, and around the globe. For all for your glory.